Hey, welcome to Life is a Story. I'm Taylor. I'm sitting here with Stephen Olson. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, bringing me on. No problem. And uh, you're going to tell us a story today about... It's about connections. Okay. Connections. Yes. A connection with who? Connections with everybody. Okay. Yeah. But it's... Pretty broad. It's specific to an occurrence in my family. Mm -hmm. But then as the story goes on, it shows you how that all of those connections have spread out from different points in time and history. <laughs> okay. So is this a story that happened like a long time ago? Well, uh, the original, how the story begins happened probably... I don't know, I would say maybe a good 10 years ago, but everything that happened before that story happened centuries ago. Okay. <laughs> this is a lot of details that's, <laughs> that need to be filled in now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what, do you want me to just start with it? Yeah, go ahead. So I used to watch this program on NPR and it was called Connections. And it talked about history, but it didn't talk about history in the form of dates or people. It talked about history in the form of events and how events are connected and how they lead to other events that continue to go on in history. And one of the shows they talked about was the French Revolution and how the French Revolution eventually led to the creation of the transcontinental communication line between England and the United States that was laid down across the ocean floor of the Atlantic Ocean. And when I watched that, I, I really became kind of fascinated by the ideal that even in our lives, we, we think of things that have happened and that maybe we don't really take the time to think about all the things that had to happen to lead up to that moment. And so I started thinking about one of the moments that occurred in my family, and it has to do with my sister-in-law, and it has to do with uh, my father-in-law's second wife and her family. So my father-in-law's second wife had a daughter who had a son who uh, was diagnosed with, he was, he was on the spectrum. Okay, autism. Yes. I wasn't sure if it, did you want to say the word or I don't know. It, it, you have to forgive me because sometimes those words don't immediately come to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was searching for it. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so I went to the spectrum. <laughs> All right. Which is why, why it's a good thing to be a writer because you have time to put your thoughts together. That's true. Yeah. That's always uh, a good thing about like, uh, like messaging people instead of talking to them in person is right. like, you're like, oh, what exactly do I want to say? Exactly. So this daughter was trying to get services for her son. And in Los Angeles, in order to get services, you have to go through Tri-Counties Regional Center to get service. And as much as they tried to get service, Tri-Counties Regional Center kept rejecting them but they knew that their son needed some special attention or else he was not going to be able to get through school. Now, my sister-in-law happened to have studied social work. 
And she had been very involved with Tri-Counties Regional Center out of Los Angeles and knew the system inside and out. So she went to Tri-Counties Regional Center and basically said, no, you have to do this. You cannot get out of this. You are mandated by the state to provide services for anyone with a disability. You have to provide service for this person. And because of her intervention, their son got the service. And it, it opened up his whole life and uh, eventually allowed him to enter regular public school and get the education that he needed. That's so, pretty cool. But, it, it, but see, that's, the, that's how things are connected because what you have to understand is how things kind of evolved to that point. Like my sister-in-law decided mm-hmm. to become a social worker. She used to live in New York. She moved to Arizona to study social working. It was a choice she made. Yeah. So think of all of the choices that she could have made, all the choices of schools that she could have, should have, could have gone to. She chose to go to Arizona. But she decided to get her master's in social work in Los Angeles. And because she made that change to Los Angeles, She got involved in Tri-Counties Regional Center, learned the system, and was able to get the service for the son of her stepsister. And if she hadn't made all of those decisions, he would not have gotten he would not have gotten the services that he needed because he would have not had someone to come in and 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 demand those services for him because she would not have had a a family connection or, or a personal connection to someone who could do that. Yeah, that's really crazy how, how like cause and effect and how much, what is it? The butter, the butterfly effect. Isn't that what it's and called? It's, and some people, when I've, I actually told this story during a, um, a, um, what did they call it? It was, it was, a, it was another, uh, you just came in and you could tell a story based on a theme that they gave you. And when I told this story, someone did mention uh, mention the butterfly effect. But the yeah. thing is, but the thing is, the connections don't stop there with my sister in law, because my sister in law would have never have met her stepsister and her stepsister's son if her father had not gone from New York to Los Angeles to take care of his mother and had met this woman that had become his second wife who had a daughter, who had a son who needed services from Tri-Counties Regional Center. And he would have not have had a second wife if his first wife hadn't died from cancer. And he would have, and if he hadn't met his first wife, he never would have had the daughter who moved to Arizona to study social working, then moved to LA to get her master's in social work. Yeah. And he never would have met his first wife if he hadn't decided one day in New York, being a single man, decided to take a ferry trip down the Hudson River that was hosting a dance party. And he would have never have met his first wife if his first wife hadn't been talked into going to that same party by her sister. They never would have met. They never would have gotten married. My sister-in-law would have never been born. She would have never gone to Arizona, and she would have never met my father-in-law's second wife's daughter. There are so many, yeah, 
I always think about uh, whenever I meet someone, you always, I feel like with mo- a lot of people I meet, there's always like that moment where we think, um, damn, if, if I hadn't thought to like work at this place or go to this school, like we, we never would have met each other. And that would have been crazy. Like, cause <clears throat> you never really think about like all the, all the other possibilities of things that could have happened. You ju- you're just like, Oh, I like, I know this, these people, I know this person. And that's just how life is. But yeah, one, one thing could have got, gone yeah. differently and you would have, yeah. you could have a completely different life, completely different people. Sure. If, if her father had decided, no, I don't want to go to a dance party. None of that would have ever happened. None of that would have ever occurred. Yeah. But then you have to go back even further than that. And you would have to go back to the, to his, my father-in-law's father was working for a, a clothing manufacturer. My father-in-law's father decided to get married and go on his honeymoon. And when he came back from his honeymoon, his boss fired him because he wasn't, he didn't come to work, even though he had said, you know, I'm getting married. I'm going on my honeymoon. That's so shitty though. Like who fires someone for (laughs) going on a honeymoon? Yeah. Well, you're talking about probably around like 19, 18, 19, 20, you know, the, the garment district in New York was, it was a total, you know, there was no regulations. There was no system up for, for uh, benefits. So when he got fired, he told his wife, I am never working for anyone again. And what he started to do, he would take a sewing machine, which we have, this old singer sewing machine, and he would go around and repair garments for people. And that's how he started making his living. Yeah. Was but his he, name also Taylor? No. It's, it's, I, <laughs> I, I <had> just, <laughs> that was a dumb joke yeah. I had to throw it in there. <laughs> It is Stein. And uh, he actually developed a new technique for making bridal veils where he could manufacture them very quickly than anybody else who was doing it kind of, you know, hand hand knitting bridal veils. And that's how he started his garment district. And when he started his garment district and got got older, my father-in-law was asked to come and help him with the factory. So my father-in-law left Arizona to go to New York to help his father run his factory. And had he not made that trip, had not been asked to go to that factory and help him, he never would have gotten on that ferry and gone to that dance party and met his first wife and have the daughter who went to Arizona, <laughs> who eventually went to L.A., who eventually worked for Tri-Counties Regional Center and was able to get services for, for, for the little boy. But then Everyone have- here just goes, like, they're all over the country. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, it seems, but, sorry. It, oh. it, but it, it's going to go back further than that. <laughs> Because both my father-in-law's father and his mother were immigrants from Europe during the time of the Nazi occupation in Germany. Because they were Jews, they had to leave. So both of them were basically, basically made that decision to come to the United States. And had they not made that decision, they never would have met. They never would have had my father-in-law. Yeah. There's another thing I've noticed like that. There, there are a couple tragic things that have happened, such as the Holocaust, and then that other 
the death the of first, his first wife. wife. Yeah. But, um, and it's weird how like you take those things and and you think, okay, well, if those things didn't happen, then this then this child wouldn't have right. Um, and, and that's like, <clears throat> I think that's a pretty good philosophical like question. But, um, are bad things worth the good things that come out of them? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how well the Holocaust fits into that question, but <laughs> but is a is a good is a good question for people to ponder over. Well, let's 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 say. Let's let's say that the little boy got his services because of an art teacher. Okay. An art teacher rejected a student, told him he could never ever be an artist, and basically caused that student basically just kind of destroyed his life, destroyed his dreams, and forced him out of college. And that student was was Adolf Hitler. Yeah, that's right. That did happen. Yeah. So, well, that was a bad thing that caused another bad thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> for me, it, it just goes to show that um, a lot of times we operate in the ideal that we operate alone, and we don't. Mm-hmm. And in fact, everything that we are probably doing now was caused by something that someone else chose to do somewhere's you know, back in history, people we don't know, people we'll never meet, people who will never know us have an effect on on what we do and and what we choose to do. Even the fact of us, uh, me looking at your Facebook posting, I could have ignored it. You know, I I chose not to. It was a choice I made. It could have gone either way. But, you know, and, and, and so here I am telling a story. I wonder how many people look at my Facebook post and think, oh, that's pretty cool. But then they just gloss over it and move on because they just don't feel like reaching out or they, they like, you know, it's just like maybe an anxiety thing. They're like, I don't want to talk to this person. I don't know them. Um, there's, there's been similar posts where I've, re- I've responded to it, but not heard anything. So it really comes to, like I was saying earlier, it comes to the ideal that you really have to kind of grab any opportunity that comes along. And even if nothing happens from it, if nothing comes of it, at least you don't just let it go by without even giving it a second thought. You never know what's going to happen, come from it. And I I find that generally the more opportunities you take them, I think the more fun you're going to have in life. Just as long as you don't like, I mean, you can still just have a shitty outlook on life, but uh, you know, if you're, just doing things because they, I, I'll do things just because I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. I don't, I don't know anything about it. I don't know what's gonna happen. Let's just see. And I think, I think uh, it's a good way to to live it because sure. you don't because nobody really knows anything. And a lot of times, experiences either turn out really well or they make good stories. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, one of the two is gonna happen. And yeah. I've never really had, I've never really had anything like I've never done anything that's caused like my life to be ruined or anything, you know? So I don't know. Uh, I think I, I understand people's fears of, of wanting to, of not like, you know, like they don't want to uh, do something out of like, I don't know, anxiety or they just don't there or they just don't feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know why people don't want to do things. I guess it's just, it just doesn't sound like their cup of tea, but and I, I think a lot of times it's fear. It's fear of failing. 
Yeah. And, and for me, I, I always say you haven't failed if you tried. That, that's true. Yeah. Tr- yeah, there's different ways to look at it. Yeah, if you if you try something, then I mean, I guess you could still fail at it. <laughs> well, you could say it didn't work out exactly the way you wanted it to, but you probably yeah. learned something from it. You probably got something from it and you're probably going to apply whatever that experience was. You're going to apply it to something else. Yeah. Failing is not trying. If you don't try, you never know. Yeah, that's yeah. You're always going to get something out of whatever you're doing. Something, sure. even if, even if the thing that you did turned out poorly, yeah, there's always something that you can, you can take from it. Right. Um, yeah. Th- does your story go even further back? Well, it, it, it probably does. Cause then you have to explore, you know, Hitler's parents and what, what chose them to go to art school. And mm-hmm. you would have to kind of maybe look at that teacher who rejected him and was he being fair or not? You know, yeah, but it's, you know, there's but somebody... that's a, it's a good point about that art teacher basically was probably very snotty towards towards Hitler just because he didn't he didn't live up to what he considered great art because of his attitude. He destroyed somebody's life. And then look, look what he calls because he didn't think about how to approach that. I mean, there's probably a hundred different choices he could have made with telling him, you know, maybe you need a little bit more, uh, more guidance or something like that. Or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, I I can see that you're enjoying this, but it, 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 it may not be the field for you or something like that. He could have been a little bit more understanding. Yeah. He could have been, but it's, it's, it's weird looking back at it and being like, oh man, if this, if he didn't do that, the Holocaust probably wouldn't have happened. But, but at the same time, knowing that there's no way, there's no way the art teacher would have known, like, if I reject this student, 12 million people are going to die by his hand. (laughs) That's, That's absolutely true, but he does have the choice of being, of guiding, of, of, of criticizing but at least giving some type of positive information too. It depends mm-hmm. on just, you know, how forceful he was in rejecting him. And I went to art school and I know yeah. there are some teachers like that. You know, I, I, my first year in art school, my first painting teacher had us on the first day paint whatever we wanted to. And he considered everybody's, everybody's attempt miserable. And uh, a couple days after that class, I met him in the hallway of the school and we were talking and he says, I just can't believe just how bad every student is. And I looked at him, I said, we're in art school. Why do you think we're here? You know, we're here to learn. We're here for you to teach us. If we knew all that we needed to know, we would have no reason to be here. We're, we're here for you to teach us. And the next week he came in with a bunch of, of, of boxes painted black and white. And for weeks he had us doing these still lifes with these boxes painted black and white. Because what was the main issue with most of the students is that all through uh, high school, 
most art students, most people who are interested in art, they work in black and white. They work with pencil. They work with pen. Well, now they work with computers. So it's a completely different story. But then very few students were used to mixing colors, getting colors right, understanding how to mix them, understanding what the color wheel represented. But when we had these students mixing, just working in black and white and doing these still lifes of these boxes, you started to see in the gray areas of those paintings, there was color. And it was because the amount of white you added to the black or the amount of black that you you added, it changed the color because black isn't just black. There's other, Mm -hmm. other colors in it. Black can have a red tone. It can have a blue tone. And you start to notice this in the paintings. And and what was happening was they were learning to control how they used the paint and how they mixed it. But they needed that guidance. And he needed to be told that's what you you need to guide people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not an art student. I I can't paint for shit. But But anybody can do art. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird to... I don't know how to look at a piece of art and think, oh, it's good or bad. Cause I mean, art is supposed to be expression. So honestly, if I had seen, if I had seen those people's paintings that first day, I probably would have looked at all of them and been like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know? And every student there thought they were doing a good job. You you know, I did too. (laughs) How demoralizing is that to just (laughs) to have the the teacher go around and go, oh, you all suck. This is awful. And he meant it too. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. like, you know, you know, all of you collectively like ruined his day. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just, man. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's funny to think about, but I mean, in the moment that must have just been like, I've experienced that not with art, but uh, I, one time, like the first English paper I wrote in college, uh, I remember that the professor came in with them. And he was like, I'm going to leave these papers on my desk and I'm going to leave the room. You guys can all come up and take your papers. And then I'll come back in about five minutes once you're finished talking shit about me and complaining about them. (laughs) (laughs) So that's exactly what happened. And I got a D plus. I didn't know why I got a D plus. I didn't understand it. I was like, because you're just writing, you know. And I kind of, I kind of understood it more then, because I, I, I looked back at that paper at the end of the, at the end of the semester, and was like, no, yeah, my, my, my last paper was definitely a lot better than that one. So I kind of got it at the end. So I don't know, I, like, ha- not being an art student and not under- really understanding how, like, how art works and what's good and bad art. Maybe, maybe that's a, that's a down. Maybe that's why I don't understand his criticisms. Mm-hmm. Maybe your art was bad, and there was a there's a specific reason that he could point to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, like if a child paints, what, what are the most, belo- some of the most beloved uh, paintings or drawings are done by two-year-old children, you know, and they don't and, know anything and, about art. And, and Picasso said it took him a lifetime to learn how to do art like a child. That's a really interesting quote. Right. I've never heard that, but I like that. Yeah. yeah. Because- I know because children don't worry about what it looks like. And it has that naivety about it, but it's also fresh and it's honest. Yeah. You're not really, it's the most carefree art. Right. Um, 
another thing I wanted to, I wanted to bring up because we, we, I don't know. We, we started talking about art. I don't know. It kind of <laughs> it pertains to the story, which is fine. Well, I like because, it. because it's, of Hitler's because of Hitler. art teacher. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Connections. Connect exactly. Okay, I see. I see where they all fit. Um, but I was also thinking about how many branches there are in the story because I, I was like, when I asked, "Does this go further back?" and we started talking about Hitler's art teacher, it, there are there are so many branches at which it could have gone back because uh, we could look at all of the we could look at the different the different wives. We could look at uh that guy that got fired. We could look at his boss. Like what like uh, uh what what caused him to start the company you know uh what made him who he was what made right. him what uh and my my father-in-law's first wife came over from canada so yeah she had a choice she had a choice there yeah she could have stayed in canada yeah. he could have moved to canada <laughs> i don't know <laughs> there yeah. must have there must have been a good reason why she came down from canada uh but yeah i guess anything could have happened sure and that yeah. that that is that is what happened. I was also like I was also thinking about what could have happened if something else had changed, you know, because let's say what that that uh, that social worker, she she went to school in Arizona, right? She's, and, she undergraduate in Arizona and uh-huh. a master's in, in L.A. Yeah. And that where was she working out in L.A.? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think she was working out of Long Beach for uh tri-counties regional center okay yeah, yeah yeah okay i think you said that um because you know what if what if she chose a different school to get her master's in or a different or a different uh degree right but like yeah like let's say she for, for like for example just just for the hell of it like like let's say she went to like dallas or something i don't i don't know okay. I, I don't know how good social working schools are so let, i'll just pick a random city but like let's say she went to dallas and she got her master's there and who knows who she could have helped there like right. she could have helped somebody else or m- m- more people less people sure. and then we we would be sitting here having a conversation and being like dang what what if she had like gotten her master's in los angeles or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah so that's another thing to think about like like yes, this good thing happened, but maybe maybe no matter what path she took, good things could have come from it. Well, I, I think so. I mean, I think if we all look back on our lives and we don't harbor on just the the unfortunate things that have happened, and we we try to look at or focus on the positive things that have occurred, you know, it, it, I, it to me it's just your perspective on things. Do you want to be depressed? Or do you want to be happy? You know, those are the mm-hmm. things you have to, to have to focus on. Yeah. I always, I, depression is one of those words that I don't, I don't like very much just cause uh, you know, cause I mean, I, a lot of people, especially today experience the symptoms of them. I think, I think I experience a lot of the symptoms of depression, but a lot of people like to, to label it as depression, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but I don't like, I don't like it just because I feel like once you give your behavior a label, then you kind of it you kind of let it control you a little bit. Sure. You know, like how you give a you give a pet and you give something a name, and then all of a sudden it has sentimental value. I think right. it works the same way with with labeling your emotions and your behavior. Yeah. Um. 
so I always, so whenever I'm feeling depressed and I've had, I've had people ask me like if I'm depressed and I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't like to think about that. Like, I don't, if I'm, if I'm having a bad day or if I'm just tired for whatever reason, or maybe for no reason, you know, sometimes, sometimes that happens, but, uh, right. you let it happen. You move on and right. you try to find things to make you happy. And sure. or I had a conversation uh, like about a month ago with a coworker of mine who said, like, if you're in a state and you don't know how to feel like just be happy, it sounds dumb. <laughs> he said, it sounds dumb. And it's really hard for people because it, it just, it sounds counterintuitive, like how you can just be happy, especially yeah. if there's nothing that's making you happy. But if you're not really feeling any emotions and you, you don't have a reason to be anything else, then sure. being happy is just going to benefit you. It's going to, you're going to, you're going to enjoy yourself more. So why not? <laughs> As for an example, my father-in-law, who we've been talking about, passed away last year in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife has been really grieving him ever since that time. And one of the things that I try to get her to think about is your amount of grief is equal to the amount of importance and love you had for your father. Um, yeah. And I point out to her... I. Both my parents have died, but I didn't grieve them because I did not have a good relationship with either of them. Um, so for her to grieve her father means that she really misses him and that he really meant something to her. And that that is a positive thing, that you've had somebody in your life that meant that much to you that you feel so bad about losing them. But the positive thing is you had a really good father. You had a really good relationship with your father. And that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. There are always two ways to look at a death. You can all, like, obviously, especially in our culture, we, we grieve that they're gone, but right. uh, there are other cultures who like to celebrate the life that they lived. Right. Um, my great grandmother died uh, earlier this year. And um, a lot of people were sad as that happens. But um, I remember or I may, it may have been my mom that told me this, um, but she she had asked my great grandmother like back when she was still healthy, like last year, um, uh, if she was afraid of dying. And she said, she said, I don't I don't really mind knowing that I'm going to die soon because I've lived a full life and I've done everything I feel like I have I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was like, I'm satisfied with what with with everything. So I'm not really afraid of it. I'm not, I, I'm fine. I've accepted it. And I'm, and yeah, she was content with, with the life she lived. And I think that's, I think that's something that will lift people up if they focus on that aspect of death is recognizing mm-hmm. that, you know, everyone that dies, actually, no, not everyone that dies, but, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people that die have lived, they lived. Right. That's something that that's the part that, that I think should be focused on a little more like they, yeah, they died, but they also lived. And that's, that's worth celebrating. Sure. The fact that they, yeah. that they were there at one point and made you happy, made themselves right. happy. Right. I, I, I think that's what I think all of us should do or, or, or think about is we have to accept the ideal that one day we're not going to be here mm-hmm. and that our time is very limited, you know? Um, and what we need to do is do as, as much, as we can and, and uh, you know, in a positive direction to accomplish as much as we want to in, in the amount of time that we have. 
um, and and not dwell on the ideal that we are going to die, but you know, concentrate on being alive and and doing something with the time that you've been given. Yeah, and stay and stay. Yeah, stay positive. You never know what sort of cause. Well, you never know what you might cause in the future. What sort of effect sure. that you would yeah. you'll have on people's life? You know, don't be Hitler's right. art teacher. Yeah, what <laughs> we're doing what we're doing now may have effect on somebody. Yeah. I hope so. Like, I feel like this is a very positive conversation and I hope people listen to it. Um, I hope it makes people feel better. I hope it make. I hope it helps people think about um, where they are in their life and, and what they can do to make themselves feel happier. Even if it is just, just think happy thoughts. I don't know. (laughs) Think happy thoughts. One of my other philosophies is everybody has something that they're good at. And to me, you really have to search for that one thing that you're very good at and then share that with as many people as you can without any expectation of gratitude, reward, or payment. You just do it. And to to me, that's the whole purpose of existing. That's the whole purpose for being here. Um, When I discovered writing for myself, now what I do is when I'm going through Facebook, if I if I see somebody posting about, oh, I've got this ideal, but I don't know how to get started. My first post is, do you need help with formatting? Uh, that's one that, you know, it's sort of like, I understand formatting now. And if anybody needs that assistant, just to get started, it's sort of like, I'm, I'm there to help. So. Yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, like Fiverr or other freelancing websites? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried adver- uh, posting things on there to try to provide services for other people? I haven't actually, I, I think I have an account set up, but I haven't actually used it. Um, I used to be in social media. Mm-hmm. So whenever something new would come along that had anything to do with branding or social media, I would go in and sign up for an account and try it so that if if I had some client or someone that could benefit from it, at least I would know how they could use it. Uh, so I probably signed up for an account, but I never really, never really used it. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe that's something you could try out. And then you, I mean, like you said, you know, you're not looking for payment for it, but right. here's an opportunity. Sure. You could get paid. And it's, it, it's not completely altruistic because another thing that's in my mind is you're, 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 you're helping somebody achieve their goal. And if they become successful, maybe they'll come back and say, Hey, will you help me? Could you, you know, I've got this job that I have to write a script. You want, you you know, you, you want to help me out with it. And then there's some payment for that. So yeah. it's, it's not totally altruistic, but mainly I'm doing it just because somebody needs help. And I finally have something that I can help somebody with. So I want to, I like this. I like this talk. It's very uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. That's what I've, I've loved. I, I, I didn't know what to expect coming into these, uh, into these talks with people, but all of them have been, to, at the very least, very interesting, and all, all they've all been fun. They've all right. been fun. I've had great people on, um, and especially this one. This one is, I think, has been the most positive. All right, so that's our show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Taylor. This is Life Is a Story. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at the number one Life Is a Story. It's all one word, and. Uh, Thank you for joining me, Stephen Olson. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem.
All right. Have a good one. See you next time. Thank you.